So um, this evening I'd like to share some reflections on the theme of equanimity. And as many of you know, I've been following through these Brahma Viharas, the four Brahma Viharas this month. And uh, so this evening wanted to touch on some of the aspects of equanimity as a, as a theme, as a quality, as a practice. How do we, how do we, how do we cultivate that? And how do we recognize it? And so I'll just offer some different teachings and, you know, examples, stories, and hopefully there'll be something that might be helpful. Um, okay, so let's just... I want to start by sharing something from Sharon Salzberg's book, The, the Kindness Handbook. So, um, I want to share a little bit here that really um, touches on how equanimity relates to the other Brahma Viharas. I think this is this is really helpful. A sense of the four qualities: the you know the loving kindness, the metta, the goodwill, and the compassion, the karuna, uh, the mudita the appreciative joy, how in many ways that they all support and balance each other with equanimity being kind of a key part of that. I was talking to someone today and sort of feeling like when I consider the challenges that, you know, in my my life or in the world, or that these these qualities together seem to to me to provide a a really um, powerful kind of broad base of you know if one or more of them is always going to be helpful <laughs> in life um, and so this little bit this paragraph is Sharon kind of showing how uh, what equanimity how it supports the other qualities. So she says, without equanimity, we might offer friendship only as long as our offering is acknowledged and appreciated, or as long as someone responds in kind. Without equanimity, we would offer compassion to ourselves only when we weren't overcome by pain and compassion to others only when we weren't overcome by their suffering. Without equanimity, we would offer sympathetic joy only when we did not feel threatened or envious. When we cultivate equanimity, our tremendous capacity to connect can blossom, for we do not have to push away or cling to anything that might happen. So, I mean, we could hang out with that paragraph for, for a long time, but just to, to linger a little bit, um, I think the way she's put that really points to 
this immeasurable or boundless or kind of quality of the of the Brahma Viharas or their potential. You know, this sort of love no matter what kind of potential possibility. Um, and how so for example in the offering of friendship, you know, I'm only gonna offer it so long as, you know, I get something good back. You know, the person likes me or I just I get something so that idea of wow the possibility and what that feels like what that brings to our life to to others' lives we we just offer friendship without any sense of 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 requiring you know a return and I think that points to the yeah the the, the way that that meta when it's sort of fully, when it's sort of free from, I guess we could say, free from aversion and attachment, it has this sort of freed quality, doesn't it? It's not so bound to me and my agendas and my needs and wants and what I think should happen. It can radiate. It can radiate. And I, I want to, yeah, so... I've been sharing some some of these parts of the the four immeasurable states chant, which you should be able to find in the chanting room. But it's um, a way that the Buddha would often teach these four meditations, these four qualities as, as meditations. And I've sort of coming to understand more how the radiant, the sense of something radiate, it's like that's an expression of this kind of what Sharon's pointing to this sort of the friendliness is just is is unconditional you could say it's just radiating and whatever it meets whatever comes back whatever the response it's this sort of I think it's the power of intention that is so you know, not not focusing on results, but focusing on the cultivation of intention, of how we're inclining our minds, our attitudes, or and that again and again coming back to that with this sense of again the aspect of equanimity that's um, so we cannot control the results, we cannot control very very much, if anything, right? But we can cultivate intention and I think I think I've still you know the power of that the power of that is 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 tremendous so when when yeah so when we can maintain these attitudes we might be cultivating one or more of them or in any other wholesome quality I think the same sort of principle applies. It might be patience. Well, be patient for this long. <laughs> and if you do what I want, you know. Um, and that has that same sort of immeasurable, sort of freeing potential in it where it's patience because that's what's helpful rather than what what it will what it will provide 
for me. Mm. So um, the way it's written in the chant, I'll just share this, this, just this last bit for the. So it's the same wording pretty much for all of them. So this, uh, here a disciple dwells pervading one direction with their heart filled with equanimity. Likewise, the second, the third and fourth direction. So above, below and around, they dwell pervading the entire world, everywhere and equally, with their heart filled with equanimity, abundant, grown great, measureless, free from enmity and free from distress. So, again, perhaps we can get a sense of that really freeing potential that equanimity has. Perhaps in small moments and in in profound and big ways. Um, hmm. So, I was thinking, because I think a lot about Joseph and Sharon, because they they're just over there (laughs) in case you didn't know (laughs) that's so wonderful they're not there all the time but I think of them so much and I think in terms of equanimity that just their presence and even when they're not there they uh, somehow you know that's another way of cultivating isn't it we think of beings that we know or we've known and we kind of see imagine remember the the this quality, for example, in this case, equanimity. And then just by thinking of them, remembering them, kind of can help us to, to recognize that in ourselves, incline in that direction. And it's kind of interesting, you know, without making a big project out of it, or I've got to be like them, or I can, you know, not, it's not that. It's something more like, you know, you, as you remember, you feel like I'm sitting up slightly straighter now or something. <laughs> it has an effect. It has an effect if we, if we don't sort of you and me it, you know, if we don't I, me, mine it, if we don't make it so he's got lots and I've got none or, you know, that kind of thing. But it's just that quality and resonating, recognizing. Because like I... I've been saying about all the Brahma Viharas, a sense of it's a natural quality. Do you recognize it in yourself? And that's, I hope, maybe part of the intention of this talk is for us to really feel kind of the value of, of recognizing. And I want to give some different um, images and senses of that, like I did yesterday morning, touching on some of the, the aspects or qualities of of equanimity that maybe connect it more with our body, our heart, our you know, this moment, rather than it being some lofty idea of sort of, well, maybe, you know, three lifetimes from now I might, you know, possibly have a little bit of that. that we can tune into it now, here and now. So even as you're listening, if you like, you could sense, you know, how how do you recognize that so there's some some way present in your experience 
and so understanding sort of what it what it is and as Sharon um, so equanimity blossoming when we we're not pushing away or clinging which echoes I'm sure they you know that's not surprising <laughs> the quote from Joseph that I've been sharing about this um, he said um, in meditation when we settle back and open to what's happening without attachment or aversion we're cultivating compassion and I'm hoping he wouldn't mind I think it applies equally to equanimity it also so you could say that basic profound practice of being mindful here we go you know you're here on retreat sort of you know walking and sitting and different experiences coming and going and practicing being you know present with with all that you're cultivating equanimity so again it's sort of seeing it in what we're already doing it doesn't have to be a whole separate cultivation it can be but it's um it's also really helpful i think to recognize that that's what we're cultivating when we just the simplest kind of sense of walking around and paying attention to our breathing or feet touching the floor and I come I come back to that again and again and I think that that is so much you know a kind of like here is equanimity and yeah so I, I I was thinking about also talking about the body balancing maybe I was mentioning that a bit yesterday the sense of walking and feeling the body balancing itself so again as part of how it's a natural natural capacity um, so let's see so so if if I'll mention some other aspects so this is another quote from Joseph that equanimity being a mind space of impartiality and non-reactive easefulness of mind that is open to seeing the whole of different situations and experiences so um just remembering my teacher Christina Feldman saying something like we learn patience in the presence of impatience or impatience is the classroom as you say where patience is learned and I think something similar here so when we are very not impartial we are very partial we are very we have preferences and we are very attached to those preferences and we are reactive and we're not at ease <laughs> the opposite of all these qualities right? and we're not seeing the whole of the situation we're seeing about you know I don't know one eighth of it if we're lucky there is not equanimity really 
So, right. So, rather than sort of where have I got to get to so I can feel equanimous, right? What have I got to do to get rid of all this so that I can get really sensible and be, be, be equanimous? So I propose the same approach as Christina recommended with patients. How about if this very... Hi, welcome. Come, come on in. Yeah. Um, this very situation where there is partiality, there is reactivity, and there is not ease. What, how, where, how, where? Where is that? Where is that little access point to equanimity? It is here, somewhere. (laughs) So, this this is so important to me because I know I've had times on retreat and other times where I felt really equanimous. You know, if you've ever, your mind gets so quiet and still, it's like, wow, (laughs) this is, I've arrived, you know. The seven awakening factors, you know, give me seven medals for that one. You know, I was like, gold medals. I've done it. I've won. (laughs) Um, I'm exaggerating, of course. Probably none of you have had any kind of thought like that at all. Um, Maybe. So, so... um, and that's wonderful, and we've learned so much. And haven't you all been shipwrecked off that one? I certainly have. I can remember coming off a long retreat, feeling like so, you know, clear and balanced. And I don't know how long it took for that to uh, fall apart. You know, it was maybe bits of it, and gradually the days and the weeks. And and so finding equanimity. Finding how to practice that, how to find that, cultivate it in, you could say, the rough and tumble <laughs> of our life. So the rough and tumble of a, an average day on retreat, where we might have hindrances and, you know, confusion and whatever else it might be. Like, where is the equanimity? How do we, you know, and, and I guess because I've been focusing on it, this week I found this really powerful it's like here's the agitation if you just look slightly to the to the left of it maybe the right of it I don't know or underneath or, or look through it like I was mentioning yesterday it's like there's something more still something steady you know this is you could say the magic of mind of you if you look for something like balance or ground or spaciousness or like what might be steadying, it's like you find you find something of that. So again, maybe the power of intention and and what 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 the uh, yeah yeah what we think we are or how we think we are or what we what kind of fixed idea we have about what our mind state is right now and how it's going to go on for weeks or you know and <laughs> I'm going to need years of therapy to get this sorted out and 
which may be true actually, but um, <laughs> um, but also maybe there's another track where there's this sense of of the meditative kind of feel better now. You know, again, I don't want to get into the simplifying. It reminds me of the early letter arriving the IMS in when it just opened in 1976 and one of them was addressed to the Instant Meditation Society. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. So to be careful not to get into that. Um, but just this slight shift of view and looking, was looking for the calm center and then somehow finding it. How does that work? Something about codependent arising there. <laughs> and the pickpocket, he only sees the pockets of the saint. And there's a whole sense of what do we see? What are we looking for? What do we expect to see? And I, I just think that that sense of the solidity of what we think we are and what, how it all is, is you know, what happens to all of that if you just... Like you have a lot of agitated stuff going on, at least I do quite a bit of the time. And then you just find a, some sort of qu- like a quiet space, somehow in it or next to it or around. And I can just focus on what if there was something that wasn't moving? Uh, now I'm sort of sensing that as just quiet energy. And I can sort of, oh, okay. Hmm, can tune into that. It's like so much about the mind is like a radio. It's not a radio, but it's like tuning into these different frequencies. Like maybe it's too technical to say something like loving kindness is a frequency, <laughs> but it sort of is on one level, right? Or something like equanimity, I think of as being a very subtle frequency, or quietness. Like it's, it's it's still a vibrational quality. It's still something happening. Life is happening, but it's very, very quiet, right? And the more agitated and difficult, it's like just like I don't know. There's a lot of static, or you know, when you turn the dial and it gets really loud, and then it's staticky and all of that, and then you hit these, oh, you know, nice music. I know it's not. It doesn't. Yeah, don't labour the metaphor, right? So, so just that something to to kind of appreciate about cultivation that it's it's I think much more about attuning, you know, than it is the idea of kind of creating something or making something happen or trying to make myself more kind or something like that there's different ways of tuning into it and I've been talking a lot about images and imagining and remembering and stories and yeah, seeing what evokes, like with equanimity, the same thing stories, poems you know, places and then how we can kind of let that catalyze and then we kind of get the sense of that, sort of learn how to sort of linger with that. 
So it's um, in that way can become kind of conducive to samadhi and absorption. So so and and I just think this is so much more accessible than than we might think, and that we can use um, phrases or images as you know, but with a real sense of what is it that evokes for me it might be different for all of us different images different stories different beings that you know when we think of them so i also wanted to pick out a kind of a practice i've been kind of evolving i was not sure whether to share it because it doesn't feel like it's fully evolved yet but um, partly inspired by what Joseph has said, and also a uh, teaching I listened to from um, Sally Armstrong. If this is, oh, we won't do the practice now, it could be a whole guided thing, but we won't do that. But just to pick up this, like another way that we can cultivate equanimity, particularly with regard to our lives or people or situations in the world, or the you know, the climate crisis or anything really that's a person, a situation that we say, oh, I need more equanimity with this. And in terms of our retreat experience, it might be a particular pattern of mind. We just think, I am so sick of this pattern. And I was like talking to someone, oh, I'm so frustrated with it, I wish we would just stop already. Right? <laughs> So we might say, well, I think I need a bit more equanimity with that one. So, so you can see, you can sort of choose anything. And, you, you know, I, I, I think you have to be a bit careful and see what the mind is up for. You know, maybe there's enough sense of steadiness and mindfulness and, and so on to, to deal with the difficult ones. Or you start smaller and you take some things that are mildly irritating or something and just so th- the practice is really simple but I've found it so powerful and it's something like you so you, you get said steady and settled to some degree with your breathing or body or whatever it is and then you intentionally allow some some difficult situation or relationship or something to come to mind with a sense of um, it's not thinking about it it's not thinking it's it's like more like using the visual or imagining sense of that the whole of, of that so I just give I, I don't want to say too much detail because I want it to be stay pretty open but so thinking of a particular person for me and it's been very, very difficult like even I approach that in my mind let alone in life it, all kinds of reactivity kind of get like it just feels really hard to even approach mentally so something about approaching that with a sense of kind of widening the view like oh that part and that and this like getting allowing a fuller sense of and I for me it was like the person and then the house and the different people and 
sort of this wider and wider sense of because isn't everything like that whether it's a pattern in the mind or a situation in the world that has this sort of multifaceted and ends up being joined up with everything in the universe actually but we don't have to do all the detail we can widen and what I found was at a certain point it's like there was a kind of opening into well you know unknown unquantifiable mysterious and what is a Brahma Vihara (laughs) see I'm making this gesture with my arms it has that immeasurable vast boundless of quality so it can come with you like into that web of conditions to the edge of what you can really know and then it goes beyond that so that sense of actually the whole of that situation just held in the mind if you like fairly simply as a an image or a felt sense, not not as a story. Not that seems to not help for me anyway. That then the Brahma Vihara in that case it was compassion, but really mostly equanimity. This kind of suddenly I could sort of feel the sense of relating to that very differently. I, I'm not explaining it probably very well, but I, I hope this might be. I'm sharing because it was so helpful for for me. And the other part of it, okay, maybe another way of sort of describing what happened was that in that contemplation, there is a, a kind of sense of may this be held with a calm, steady mind. Right, so kind of opening to that possibility, having that intention, which when it's something very difficult and there's been a lot of reactivity, maybe it seems like, well, that's... But again, I think when we have this really clear intention and a sense of real possibility, not that that's going to be sorted out and solved forever, but that it can be held and felt very differently, even for a little while, and that in itself is so encouraging. And I don't, I, um, I've also been, I think in that process I had, for me, felt like a bit of an insight, which was, I've always thought of forgiveness as being part of compassion, somehow a kind of a result of compassion. And actually I think it has a lot more to do with equanimity, and I leave this to your own discernment, but it's it's actually this sort of widening, that aspect of equanimity, which is actually based in wisdom, of this sort of widening of the view and this opening to a sense of the great, the sort of web of conditions and the sense of this is this is how it is, or this this is how... This is what hap- this is what's happened, or it's not even doesn't have to be words, but under understanding perhaps elements of that, not condoning any any harm, not condoning any anything necessarily, but a 
sense of oh this this is this is the causes and conditions this is this is how it's unfolded can can you i don't know if you it's to me there's something there that's it's uh it's not just an idea or a belief or anything like that in fact I, I, maybe that's unhelpful because you start arguing with it <laughs> but it's like this kind of steady sense of being present with at least how you perceive things i mean who knows how it really is <laughs> that's the sense of our experience being so shaped by the sort of perceptions that we've received and that have kind of so that that's why this sort of meditative process is is so potentially so helpful and liberating is because we're working directly with what we have internalized Right? Yeah, what we have felt, the meaning we've made out of things, which how, how that relates to the people involved, you know, <laughs> you know, you sort of get some of it, but so that part of it, maybe we can we can know a lot more clearly and relate to that and be more steady with with that, and I think that's what happened. I'm, this sense of oh there's this whole there was this whole thing in my mind about this situation and this person that I've just been bouncing off and rattling around in and somehow I realized that 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 not that that external situation doesn't exist but what I've really what has really been producing the suffering is like you know that person isn't here it's what's been built created the impressions in the mind, right, that I've, is creating or, again, it's not I'm doing it, it's just something maybe, <laughs> you know, we've, this habit, again, conditions have come together for that, so equanimity with that, with the reactivity. So again, the reactivity being the classroom, you know, not something that has to stop happening so that, but the reactivity itself is kind of pointing to, hey, you know, what's that fixed perception you've got of that person? And, ah, oh, this, is, this is what has come to be. Oh, I feel it in my body, you know. Or, and then allowing it to form more as an image in the mind, then it's like... It can be related to and investigated and allowed to be be known as that rather than projected out and onto a situation so i, I hope I hope this makes some sense because I think it could help with so many almost whatever it is you want to bring into that little workshop <laughs> like community workshop that again depending on an appropriate time and place and um, so yeah I hope that's of some help so I wanted to um, let's see I've got lots of other things I want to share oh, where should we go next with equanimity um, hmm. okay I thought 
I maybe include one teaching story that I love for change of direction here, but hopefully it's still relevant to this theme of seeing kind of the bigger picture of a, of a situation. So I hope I'm remembering this enough. It's a story I've told before of the, the radish eater. It comes from uh, Eastern European Jewish tradition. So the story is uh, that there was a very wise rabbi living somewhere rural with some students and uh, they would gather, I don't know, maybe it was once a week. Please forgive me, I'm not going to remember this exactly. Hopefully the spirit of it will come through. <laughs> and once a week they would invite um you know, people could come, villagers could come and join the students and sit with the, the wise rabbi and, you know, just enjoy his presence or just being together. So um, one week, the, so the, the students were all very, very worthy students, so serious students and huge, you know, revere their rabbi very, very much. And so they're all sitting around this table and... And the rabbi's there, and they're all talking quietly and respectfully. And and then, uh, so the visitor comes and sits down, and he's rather a coarse fellow, and um, starts to um, sit there and sort of fidget around and kind of smile at everybody, which they're all disapproving of. And, um, and then he he gets a big radish out of his bag. And he puts it on the table and he gets a knife and he chops up into pieces and start eating, eat, starts eating it really happily, crunching away really loudly. And the students are all going like this. You know, kind of trying to censure him with their glances and gesture to him that he should be quiet. This is disrespectful. And you know, what are you doing? And that's and, but he carries crunching away. And so the, the wise rabbi is watching all of this, seeing what's happening quietly. And then at some point, he, <clears throat> you know, the, stu- the students all, oh, God, our teacher is going to say something. So, so the teacher kind of looks up and is like, oh, you know, I just feel like a really good radish. Is there anybody here who could get me one? And with a you know glow of happiness, the, the radish eater takes some of the pieces that he's cut and and offers them to the rabbi. Ah, I didn't tell it as well anyway. That's the story. So I, I sometimes wonder why I keep coming back to this story, but I hope you can hear it does have some connection to equanimity as well as being just a story that I love. And I, I often, when I tell a story, I, I think sometimes I feel more like different people in the story. Like sometimes maybe I feel like the radish eater, you know, I'm like this, you know, clumsy, noisy, kind of crashing around, kind of annoying people sort of thing. And then... Maybe sometimes I feel like I'm, you know, I'm the I'm the the the, the serious student being disapproving. So you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. So that's not very proper, is it? You know. So you could hear the English bit of me kind of part of the way I was trained was you do things properly. 
So if you ever want to know how to do things properly, just ask me, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, or, or maybe sometimes even, you know, we could be the ra- we could be the rabbi. And can you use that quality of kind of like he was just seeing the bigger picture of what was happening. And then just okay, and then huh. So I, I think that sense of equanimity being what enables a wise response. I think this is crucial because I think sometimes equanimity maybe we think of it like this is going to be this sort of cave that we're finally going to find and we're going to get in it and then we'll be safe from everything. Nothing will touch us. This is not equanimity. I mean, I think this is quite a hard learning for many of us. Um, so I wanted to share another bit from Sharon that I think really, like in our meditation, in our retreat, at times that we can, you know, as I was saying earlier, so really experience these very deeply serene and you know this profound evenness of mind of so much clarity and calm and and non-reactive like wonderful and in our life how do we it's maybe more like surfing or and an image I love, which is actually from Shantideva, is walking evenly on uneven ground. I think that's such a great thing for around here when you're in the woods. We've been doing that so much of the time, haven't we? It's like this constant kind of balancing and being careful in each, each footstep kind of you're having to... And I think that's such a good image for, you know, how, how to how to practice equanimity in our in our life where conditions are changing and again, you know. Okay, so um hmm where's the bit? Well, maybe it was another bit. I think the what I was wanting to kind of highlight which is not somewhere else is this sense of the responsiveness of of equanimity like I was kind of yesterday I was trying to point to this sense of a like an alive stillness a caring stillness a sort of like with the rabbi there's a kind of stillness there of observing and then the, the caring response that comes out of that um, so that it's not just this um, sense of a state, you know, that's like, I don't know, that's not very relational, is it? I get an image of some, well, like a mountain, which maybe is helpful sometimes. We can develop our mountainousness. That could, that could be really helpful. Um but maybe these other images like surfing or walking evenly on uneven ground, you know, these more dynamic images that are kind of more to do with our moving around in the world and in our life and with experience changing, yeah, with the sense of almost like I can be equanimous if I stop and everything else stops. 
you know, when is that going to happen? <laughs> I don't know, you know, it's so most, you know, what we're dealing with is everything is changing, we're changing, it's very, yeah, uneven, and then there's still this possibility of finding equanimity. I find that really intriguing. And a friend of mine, Soha Lavi, also offered me the image of balancing on a seesaw. Like if you're in the middle of a seesaw, it's going up and down, right? But if you're right in the middle, you are that you're you're. If you've ever done that or imagine doing that, it's your whole body is moving, kind of you know to stay upright. And there's a sense of that. What allows that to happen is there's something in you that is balanced, that is actually still. That it's not the body. But it's like, what is that? You know, and I, it's like, everything's moving and that's going over there and that's going wrong and, and oh God, I forgot about that and then somebody else comes in and, well, I've got 15 things to do and now you want me to do that. And it's like, <laughs> it's kind of, whoa, what's, what's equanimity? Is it is something more fluid to this sort of mountainous quality, the earth quality? I was pointing to yesterday was space, like spacious quality. But but maybe these these sort of this sense of maybe dancing could be another kind of image of of equanimity that allows process, that allows change and allows people to, you know, ourselves and others to kind of be um you know, like sometimes I think when I'm talking to people, maybe you, you, you've experienced this where the more you keep a sense of, I do not know who this person is. I have no idea what's going to happen in the next moment, what they're going to say. I don't even you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> and there's this sense of, well, what is that? I feel there's something of equanimity in that as well, of how we can practice being present in a way which allows the other to be an unfolding, uh, well, you know, I don't know, I have this idea or that perception, but who knows, or they they feel or look very different, you know, at the after 15 minutes than they did at the beginning of the 15 minutes. <laughs> Is it a different person? What happened? And how do we keep balance with that? You know, it's like, oh. So, hmm. Yeah. So I hope there's something helpful in all this. Um, I think there's a resilience, you know, when we think about the, this, the way I'm sort of, I'm kind of, things I'm suggesting about this quality, it's different manifestations and facets and, ways of cultivation like there can be a flexibility a kind of resilience which is not like again kind of rock like like maybe like that sometimes maybe that's really helpful but it can also be more fluid more responsive and like something bendy and stretchy <laughs> you know where you know mentally physically emotionally um and there's not there's almost like like what I was saying with the seesaw it's 
we're just doing that balancing and what is it that kind of keeps us from falling off or when we fall off we can get back on again like what what is that that we can kind of intend towards or you know like a so having some yeah image words those sorts of things just to remind just to ah oh, the buddha you know joseph or whoever a tree one particular beloved tree or just you know any of the trees here or a sense of recognizing in our own crazy sometimes crazy confusing you know beautiful all of that like there is this um there is this equanimity there is this balancing with life so you know we're all still here right so i reckon that means we've all had a fair degree of equanimity so well done everyone yay for equanimity it's here and like so many of the great qualities let's really recognize and celebrate them because you know that old negativity bias thing we can be so kind of focused on what's wrong and I'm still like this what has been cultivated you know let's really recognize and celebrate that in ourselves and in each other you know seeing it in another person seeing it in ourselves you know, this has to be you know one of the ways we as as meditators or as you know dharma practitioners can can really um be a you know a support in the world for uh, what needs support um so maybe I'll come screeching to a halt at that point. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on this journey. <laughs> hmm. So let's close our evening together by chanting the reflection on the sharing of blessings. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.